The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. Welcome to the Crossman Conversation, CEO edition, offering insights, wisdom, and counsel from the most respected CEOs. Here is the host of the Crossman Conversation, CEO edition, John Crossman. Hello, this is John Crossman of the Crossman Conversation, the CEO edition. Today's guest is Brett Lindquist. He's the CEO and partner of The Mortgage Firm. Uh, Brett, thanks for being here with us. Absolutely. Appreciate it. Brett, tell us, uh, just from your perspective, thoughts on the overall real estate market today. Well, interest rates, uh, it's October 23, so interest rates have gone from 3% to almost you know, over 8%. So it's uh, our, our industry is down about probably 60% uh, since 21. Uh, but I mean, if you're attacking it, you're still hustling, you're, you're still doing okay. And uh, any thoughts about big picture of the future, where it's going? I got a couple of follow-up questions within that before I get into details. Do you have any other... Where do you see kind of the market going? You know, I, our industry to me is always the leading edge of things going bad and the leading edge of things going good. Uh, so I've just noticed that you know when the when the rates go up, our business slows down, and then if the rates keep going up, the uh, then you know commercial might slow down a little bit, and then businesses slow down because the real estate industry is such a big part of the GDP that uh, but also going the other direction. Um, it sounds like rates are going to improve next year. The Fed's saying they're going to probably lower at some point. And then at that point, I think we're going to start seeing a lot more, a lot better information for us uh, in the, uh, just in the business. You know, Brett, when I think about like big picture, um, you know, I feel like I always come back to the question I was asked, are people moving to Florida? Or are they vacationing to Florida? And in every right. aspect, it seems like both those things are still happening. And if those they things are happy, happy, that's good. So like, so there, we haven't seen this. It, it's always funny, you know, like sometimes an economy's like some bubble burst and things are bad. Sometimes it's all bad. It's still not all bad. It's bad, but it's concerning. But like, we still have low unemployment, correct? There's still people are still working. We just still have the interest rates of the problem. Did I get that right? That's right. That's right. Well, and in our business, we focus on the purchase business, but we still do refinances. If you're in the refinance business, you're pretty much out of business. But if you focus on purchase, people are still buying, and they're they are coming in. We don't have a, a state uh, income tax. You know, a lot of other uh, other states do. So that's one reason to come down. Our, our weather's incredible in Florida. But the, um, I mean, the, the I got into business in 1983, and rates were 14 and a half. Wow. And people were still buying. So it doesn't change. People are still buying no matter what. You know, it's funny. Uh, in my CEO group, uh, we have a lender that talked has talked about that, where he said. Yeah, like a lot of times real estate deal volume can be down, like people buying, but corporations are still growing. So if a corporation right. it needs to, you know, do more business, they'll still borrow money. It's just part of the deal. But I mean they don't they don't buy as much, you know. And you know, for, right. for me, Brett, like I'm buying, right? I I bought three deals last year and I've got three deals under contract right now, about to close a couple. Nice. And what I found is is that some sellers are trading price for certainty of close and so I'm kind of getting some some better deals out there. Now, yes. the financing part is harder, but um, there's an upside to it as well. So there, again, it doesn't feel catastrophic, like everything's super, super bad. There's still plays to be made. Well, you know, I, I was I was uh, just pulling up some information yesterday and, and asking, I asked Google, what's the average rate of, more, of mortgages that in the last 50 years, the average rate 
is like 7.6%. Isn't that crazy? That's where they are right now. Wow. So if you average it now, if you go back, you know, if you started in the business, you know, uh, 10 years ago, your rates were 3 and 4%. Uh, and now they're, you know, eight, it's, oh my gosh, you know, but, uh, but the reality is it's a, we're right on average to your point though, John, I think commercial guys are having a hard time because a lot of times they got a three or a five year arm and they were, might've been at three or 4%. And now they're, um, you know, they're, they're having to refinance and the rates are at eight. So, or eight or nine. So it's painful for them, but you know, it's our, when we talk to borrowers now who are buying a home, you know, the, the feds, you know, saying that they're going to lower rates, you know, next year. So that's the conversation we have with them. We give them some hope that, hey, your payment will probably drop with the rates going down. Well, and it's business, right? Like at the end of the day, we just all have to keep working, you know, and and then you got to pivot to what the market's doing for you, right? Right, right. Just move, just move to the different activity. I To me, the first six months of this year were hard because there was really nothing on the market because people were trying to yes. pay what things were worth. Once people come to conclusion, you know what, this deal's worth a 10 cap, like didn't think it was be worth a 10 cap, but it is. And then they're ready to sell. Well, then the property moves. It's that in between time. Yeah. That's the worst part, right? Yeah. We're, we're seeing, we're seeing a little more inventory come on the market, which makes it a lot nicer. Even though the rates are higher, there's more to pick from. You know, a lot of people, when they walk in a home, if it's not, you know, really nice, then they go to the next house or it needs some repair. It seemed like there's a lot of the inventory that was going on the market did need some repair. And so the, the the buyers, you know, just said, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a break. Uh, rates are too high, and I can't find the property I want." But now it's starting to come through. Gotcha. Do you have any other just advice for people? If you if somebody called you and they're like a business owner, they're kind of freaking out about the situation. Any other advice you would tell them? You know, I'm uh, know your business well. I mean, I have two other partners, and for a while, you know, I handled the sales side of it. And I, I wasn't paying attention quite as much to the finance and the other operations part. And then I really dove into knowing all of it. And so for CEOs, know your business well, all, all parts of it. You can talk to anybody about any part. But but the the other thing is, like in 2021, our business just the, in, in the country exploded. We had to hire tons of people, and, and then and now it's you know it's last year it retreated. You know, we're we were. When rates go from three to seven in one year, it's never happened before, but it was a shock to, to everyone in our industry. But with that, we had to, you know, cut our costs. So it's, you know, maybe when you're making a lot of money or doing well and when the rates are good, you have to start cutting back on, on some expenses. And, and what I would say is start it early, you know, really pay attention to your, to your profit and loss statement and make sure as you're, as the business is slowing down, you know, you know the metrics of you know how many people you have to have in each division. Like for us, there's uh, there's processors, closers, funders, underwriters. There's lots of different people, and we just have kind of a metrics of you know what we look at to make sure that we don't have too many people. We you know we run things like a family business, so it's super tough. You know, telling our branch managers, hey, you have to cut back on expenses. But then I'll, you know, you got to start talking about people and that's, that's the really tough part, really tough part. So. Oh man, it's super hard. It's super hard. You know, one of the things when you're talking that jumped out to me, I remember this is years ago, my wife was in the hospital and a guy I knew from a while back ministry was kind of blowing my phone up and it was annoying me. Cause I was like, dude, my wife's in the hospital. I really can't meet with you, but he was pushing, pushing, pushing to meet. And so we met and what happened was he, um, was later in his career and he put all of his money like in one area of the business. Like I think he put like a, a huge percentage of net worth 
in a REIT for malls and yep. then like lost all of it. Right. And it was like, I just remember, and I, and the way I was blowing my phone up, he was looking for a job, but man, I was compassionate. One and the other part of my brain was like, dude, what are you thinking? You know, it was just like yeah. such a bad business decision. And <laughs> then the, the day business is hard and you know, there's not this like heaven, a place with business where we get there and we just kind of like relax. We always got to keep working. Um, Brett, we're going to take, go ahead. You just brought, you just brought something up. That's like really important to know pain. Everybody would, would love to have their life just go, you know, nice and smooth, no issues. But when you have pain, that's where you grow the most. I mean, it's, it, it stinks to say that, but it's reality. And so the way that, you know, if, if, if our people and we make it through, we will make it through. But if, as you're making it through these tough times, when you come out on the other side, you are a, absolutely a better person. You're smarter. I've done that, too, John, where I put too much into one category and it uh, didn't go well. I mean, actually, in the 0678 era, you know, the mortgage business uh, tanked, that mortgage meltdown, the real estate dropped. I had, I had several homes that I owned. And stocks dropped. So all of a sudden, you know, the, the the trifecta happened. And, I mean, it was super painful for me back then. Now, though, I learned from it, and I'll never do that again. I'll never be in that position where I'm, I'm uh, kind of all – because all three of those are in the same category almost. You know, the, the real estate, stocks aren't, but I still had some reach to your point. And uh, so I, I learned from that. That's right. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and I'm going to come back and ask you a little bit about your thoughts on leadership. That sounds good. All right, this is Cross Conversation CEO Edition. We'll be right back. Managing a team that has a lack of accountability and effective communication can be frustrating. Bill Roto-Rooter can help you build a cohesive team and a collaborative work environment. As a retired commander of the Navy's premier training system and research development organization, Roto has the experience to help you build trust and a high-performing team as you navigate high-pressure situations. To schedule a complimentary call with Roto, go to rotospeaks.com and complete the form and put the Crossman conversation in the message field. Here's a call to those who want to make an impact on their company, their community, or who possess a desire to make the world a better place. Crossman Career Builders provides the tools and resources for you or your company to make a difference on some of the toughest issues that we all face. Crossman Career Builders partners with CEOs, politicians, and pastors seeking to address problems of racism, mental health, addiction, justice, and suicide. CrossmanCB.com. At JLL, we are reshaping the future of real estate for a better world. For over 250 years, our firm has remained committed to offering trusted and innovative solutions in commercial real estate leasing, management, investment strategies, and technology. JLL.com. See a brighter way. Once again, here's John Crossman. All right, we're back with uh, Brett Lindquist. And Brett, uh, great insight from you on the real estate market. I want to pivot now, and I want to talk about traits of CEOs that you think are critical. And a lot of our listeners are college students and young professionals. So the perspective, that's the perspective I'm trying to get you to speak to. So if you're talking to a group of students, maybe you're speaking at Florida State University or, or the many of the universities that we're connected to, and you're talking to a group of students and you're saying, hey, if you want to be a CEO, what are the Brett Lindquist traits that they must have in their minds. I'm a big fan of setting goals. It doesn't even if you're a student coming out of college, you should still should have some goals. You know, you you need to kind of know where you, even though you don't know everything, you need to know where you're going to. 
And also, um, I'm, you know, just be nice to everyone. You never know who the next person you meet is, is going to be. It might be a future, you know, partner, future business person you connect with. So, and, you know, something I also recommend is cast a wide net. Um, uh, you know, get in different groups. You mentioned Forest State or other college. If you're in a college, get in a group. Whatever, wherever you live, there's usually a group of alumni in that area. You know, for me, I got in a CEO group. There was a mortgage group or mortgage coaching group. So I knew a lot of people. So between that, I either got business from them or I, you know, helped them with business or I, I had great insight. They taught me stuff. Um, and also, you know, also have make sure you have a mentor. And John, I know you are, I am too. Um, you know, have been mentors, a lot of students think mentors don't have time for them. They do. They absolutely want to help you. So, um, you know, make sure you have someone to give you some guidance, give you some, it can be personal advice or business advice. So those are probably the main ones I'd say. All right, let's, uh, let's go back and review those real quick because those were very solid. So the first one was you said set goals. And, uh, you know, that sounds uh, sort of obvious, but a lot of people just don't actually quite do it. And, and you also made a point that like, maybe you don't know, but you could start with like, your goal could be find a job, right? Your goal could be, it's like, I'm going to try to uh, have lunch with more people. I had an old boss and he said this, he's like, Hey, schedule one lunch a week with somebody you don't know, take two weeks off and a year goes by and you'll have had lunch with 50 people, right? You didn't know. exactly. And I did uh, this big fundraising thing for Florida University, their college of law. And I hosted 50 lunches for them. That's what I did. I made wow. a commitment. I said, I will host one lunch a year, a week for a year. And after we did, we had 50 lunches. And the result was we raised over $100,000. It wasn't the intent. Our intent was just like relationship building. But but, right. but to that was like, we set a goal and we didn't exactly know, but that's your point. So if you're a young professional, it's like, just come up with a handful of things and write it on paper and look at it and stay focused on it. I. In my office right now, Brad, if you came in, I have a whiteboard with the top yes. 10 things that need to get done, you know? Yes. So I live every day exactly what you're saying. Did I get that right? Well, and, and, and I think a lot of students, like they say, they want to be a developer or a builder, and that's fantastic. But work for one for a while and really get some great business practices. You know, learn, how, learn the, the best things to make that business do well. Um, and by the one thing that, that – that's one, but also – you know, CEOs, uh, if, if they don't know where they're going, then how's the company going right. to go where they want, you know, the people want it to go? So you need to be able to, when talking about goals, forecast where the company's going or where you want it to go. Might be collaborative with the top people in the company just to share and make sure that everybody's on the same page going in the same direction. You know, I recently told my staff that, you know, when I went through the whole season of my life recently where I wasn't working, that I now have committed to, I'm going to work another 20 years, you know, Lord willing, I'm nice. going to work 20 years. And it's just cause I'm, I don't, I'm not good at retirement. Right. So this is where I'm going. And so, um, I said, look, you never know what's going to happen. That said, like, I, I, I don't have any other activities. Like this is what I'm doing. And so when I say that and I commit and I have goals, you can't expect people to do more or let you know, more than you're doing. You've got to do it too. Right. Um, you know, I'm glad you said that too. Like our business, you know, we we really look at the number of referrals we get from from clients. Our our main source of business is either from realtors. We ask them to refer the home buyer to us. We want to buy a home. Uh, a database, you know, people that we do have already done loans for. Maybe you know, reconnect with them. They may have relatives that are buying, or they want to buy. They want to buy a second home or refinance. And business owners, uh, accountants financial planners, you know, they, they uh, know what people are doing financially and they can refer us. So 
But what's with this market? It's a it's a lot less referrals coming in. So you know what we're telling our salespeople is create the activity. If you are doing activities to hustle, meet new realtors, meet new business owners, you know, connect with your database, you'll feel good about yourself and your your attitude will will be good. You'll have great conversations and you'd be surprised at how many referrals you get by being proactive. If you're sitting back waiting for the phone to ring, it isn't going to happen. And a lot of people are, a lot of people are in our industry and and because the rates are so high, they're like, oh, no one's going to buy. Uh, Brett, I, I've never had anything land on my lap. Every single thing ever (laughs) always, you know, is me out there just like elbowing. Um, got a couple more minutes, you but I want to hit all these, like the second one you said was kindness is really what I heard you saying. It's like, and yeah. you know, you can be kind and confrontational. You can be kind and truthful. You can be kind and have hard conversations, but just like capturing, capturing that kindness is a, is a big deal, right? Like, well, you know, treat people how you would want to be treated. Different personality styles are you know, like some people are super direct. They might come across as being, you know, over the top pushy or whatever. They don't mean to be. Um, you know, there's there's certain people that get along with everybody. There's certain people who are shy, like some introverts. They they um, may be a little more quiet. And if you speak to people how they want to be spoken to and treat people how they want to be treated, then then they're going to think you're a good person. That makes you a better leader because then you have more people liking you. People want to work and make money for a a person they like. If they don't like the person, the CEO then, you know, you're not quite as motivated to help them out, you know? I, I was been shocked over my career, particularly when I was younger, when I would meet these big-time rock star kind of CEO people and politicians and, and realize how kind so many of them are. You know, I think that's a good trait. Yeah. I, uh, Ken Loptrop, uh, Kim Loptrop, who's the CEO of Red Lobster, told me one time that if you want to become a successful CEO, you got to kind of like be like a politician in that you have to be kind to the cleaning lady. You have to be kind to the security guy. You have to be kind to the partners. Like, there's a 360 of your kindness. If that's what you want to be in life. I mean, if you just want to be a big time broker, makes a lot of money, you can be kind of a jerk, but if you want to be a CEO, you're kind of everybody. Um, Well, so to, to your point, John, my, uh, my father worked for Sheraton hotels for 20 years. He was a resident manager. I actually lived in hotels all over the country until I was 13, really interesting life. But so I hung out with the room cleaners, the chefs, the, the servers, the all the different people. I actually did all those jobs too. Car parkers, you know, I did all those jobs. If, if someone didn't show up, or uh, so, but you know, it's it's uh, I, I I never put myself above anyone. It doesn't matter who they are. There, you are no better than anybody else on the planet. That's and I've coached my kids that way. Is don't ever, don't ever, you know, be, take advantage or be mean to somebody because it's, it will it will come back and and bite you. Brett, we got uh, 30 seconds left, so I'm just gonna I'm gonna nail your two last two points, and we have to have it come right. back. But you said cast a wide net, and I loved how you said uh, the CEO group and the mortgage banking group, and you were you were a college athlete, so you know lots of athletes. But but blinking beyond yourself in a wide net, I think that's great. And the last thing, when you talked about mentor and time, the only thing I'd put on top of that is like if I had young people text me and say, John, can we talk at 7:30 in the morning? I would have all the time in the world. Like if I had yeah. students that would text me and say, can we talk at 5.39 all the time in the world? I have lots of time for, for students who are flexible in their time. And so yes. you're so right on that. Brett, we're going to have to come back another day because you got so much wisdom to share. Uh, but I just want you to know, man, I'm grateful for you, grateful for your leadership and your business. And, and thanks for being a guest here on the 
Crossman Conversation, the CEO edition. I, I appreciate you having me on, John, and you're an awesome human being. Appreciate it. All right, brother. We'll be in close touch. Well, take a quick break. Back to our last segment. Crossmark Services is a commercial real estate firm offering a wide range of professional services, including advisory, brokerage and leasing, investing, and property management. Our staff comprises the industry's most seasoned professionals who possess the needed knowledge in real estate investments, analysis, and portfolio management to drive growth. See how Crossmark can work for you. That's CrossmarkServices.com. At JLL, we are reshaping the future of real estate for a better world. For over 250 years, our firm has remained committed to offering trusted and innovative solutions in commercial real estate leasing, management, investment strategies, and technology. JLL.com. See a brighter way. As the largest property tax practice in North America, Ryan's Professionals possess the local footprint and knowledge, backed by a team with national expertise to help organizations minimize their property tax liabilities and ensure valuations are fair and accurate. With the Florida tax appeal deadlines approaching rapidly, local experts at Ryan work proactively with many jurisdictions across Florida well in advance of the August trim notice mailing to ensure our clients receive maximum tax savings. Guys, I use Ryan, and I hope you will too. Once again, here's John Crossman. All right, Mike, Gillen, how are you, buddy? Hey, it's always fun to be on these programs with you. So, uh, Brent Lankwist, pretty interesting guy, right? Very interesting. So, here was a little thing to pick up on in that interview was uh, him growing up like he did in hotels, right? And so, it makes you realize like he really developed a skill set of connecting to human beings. You like, know, I, I thought that was a fabulous uh, batch of experience that he had, man. Yeah, um, but here's the deal. Um, he also started swimming at age five. Yeah. He was an all-American high school swimmer. Yeah, you mentioned Went, that he played. He swam for college. Swam too. for FSU, and so wow. he swam there all four years. And he was captain of the team his senior year. He's a big dude too. Like he's a big guy. Yeah. And so when you meet him, like he's a big guy, big personality. Like it's sort of funny because when you when you, now that you know that, like because you haven't met him. Yeah. It's like he's the kind of guy that when you walk in the room, like, ooh, we need to talk to that guy. But not knowing that, and he's talking about you know. You know, humility and relationships. And you're like, man, you wouldn't even think a guy like that would need that. Mm-hmm. But he's very perceptive on that. I think sometimes I think I've seen young people get nervous, maybe intimidated by medium because he's got a big personality. But he's but he's an easy guy to talk to. You just got to lean into it a little That's bit. That's right. You right? know, I'm surprised that, and here's an observation that I've made. You have a lot of business people that are friends of yours mm-hmm. that were Division One athletes. Yeah. Like uh, like uh, Brad, yeah, and that is uh, that must. There's no coincidence there. Well, the, I think what it is is that you know, when you do athletics, and it, it could be at Division One level, or it could be just in you know, other kind of things, you understand pain. Mm. Like you understand pain. You understand. I was thinking about you the other day. I was watching a movie, and it was about a, a band, and it was like a young <laughs> band, and they're playing in like a dirty bar kind of thing. And I was thinking, like, gosh, like if you came up that way how much you would appreciate it yeah. later on, right? Yeah, that's right. And so I think in the same thing as a college athlete, man, sometimes you put it all in and you lose. Um, sometimes you're in pain and you like don't want to perform and you have to learn to play through the pain, Yeah, right? And you also appreciate pain. Like I used to go home from workouts and thinking if I wasn't that tired, I probably didn't do my best, yeah. right? So I think that those skill sets really permeate through and really help redefine the person. It's like when we talk about hard work, you know, if you've never worked at your job until you felt some level of exhaustion, and I'm not talking all the time, Mike, mm-hmm. but like some level of that, are you really working that hard? You, you know, know? Uh, and to that point, John, 
I have heard a lot about divers and those that are competitive in swimming. And there is a part of that uh, preparation to be at that level that few people would have the commitment or the dedication or the willingness to put it in the hard work that they have to do because they're usually up at the crack of dawn every day, whether they feel like it or not. And they're hitting that pool. Yeah. Well, I, I tell people, it's like when I got into the real world, my life got easier. Right. Yeah, <laughs> so that's I, didn't right. Have, I didn't have to run outside in the rain or in the sun or, you know, like whatever. I can't imagine. So I think the other thing too, is when he talked about, you know, the great recession, 2007, 2008, and the lessons learned. Right. And so he, he went to that whole subject of, of pain of like, sometimes people live a life of complete pain avoidance, but pain's a great teacher. It is. Right? And it makes us better people. You grow doing it. And it's, it's, it's just a, like a really unfun yeah. truth of life. I think uh, when I look back at my life, the things that were the most difficult, perhaps the most painful, brought the greatest dividends of what I learned. Yeah, I wish that wasn't true. (laughs) It'd be nice if it weren't. Yeah, I wish we could just read a book. I'm like, oh, here's some painful things to read about. And we're like, oh, well, that sounds bad. I'm a better person. Um, But the reality is like we have to go through those things. So uh, Brett Lanquist, man, uh, star swimmer, star athlete, and then superstar business guy, and then really continue to give it back to... Um, and I can't say how much he does for students and things. And he does a lot of it behind the, you know, the door, behind the scenes kind of stuff. So grateful for you, Mike. Thanks for being on the hey, show. It's always fun, John. Uh, this has been the Crossman Conversation, the CEO edition. And we'll look forward to the next one. This has been the Crossman Conversation, CEO edition with your host, John Crossman. Tune in next week for another talk with an experienced CEO that will help bring clarity to your business endeavors. The preceding was a Mark Radio production.